This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. If anyone's struggling to think about how to pronounce Devon Achan's last name, um, here's a trivia question for you guys. What do you call a bad offensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins? <laughs> a Chan Gailey. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what wasn't that offense like point wise, like up there in Dolphins history? It was like, what, it was like the high, highest yeah. point total. I, I shit point. all over Chan Gailey. I'm like, that dude sucks, man. He just stayed stayed in retirement. And then everyone's like, yo, man, but their offense scored X amount of points. It's like not anymore, man. Yeah, we just scored 70 on the Broncos, right? That that number's gotta be going up. But but Josh, you are a hundred percent correct. if you're an opposing defensive coordinator, you know, based off of last year's film, you go, okay, all we have to do is, you know, stop the pass. We'll play the safeties deep. We'll keep everything underneath, you know, drop some extra guys into coverage and, and we'll be fine because, you know, that, that was kind of the, the blueprint last season. That's how you stop the Dolphins offense. And so what did Mike McDaniel do this offseason? He said, okay, if that's how they're going to play us, how do we counteract that? We start with some shorter passes. We start with some screens and we get this run game going. And that's exactly what they did. So now it's totally, totally pick your poison. Are you going to drop people into coverage to defend against Waddle and Hill and the other guys? Or are you going to try and stack the box to stop A-Chan and Moster? Because that was the most perfect thing that could have happened for this Dolphins offense this past Sunday was, hey, not only are we freaking awesome through the air, but now we can absolutely demolish you on the ground as well. So how do you want us to beat you? You pick. You decide. We don't care. We'll beat you either way. And I think that's totally awesome. Totally awesome. Goosebumps. You're giving me goosebumps. I'm sorry, Jake. I just had to throw that out there, man. I'm getting ready to run through a freaking wall, man. You talking like that. Dude, I, well, I talk over you guys all the time. I want you guys to talk over me more. Um, so this is a this is really lazy analysis, but I'd love to get your guys' thoughts. And no disrespect to the Buffalo Bills here. They're going to be a really strong opponent. But the Dolphins did beat them last year. And um, what, around 30 points in each of the two losses last year. So the offense was good enough. We'll say I, you know, we, we can get into all that, but I'd rather not. 
So when you look at Miami's schedule this year is what I'm trying to get at is you see the New England Patriots, right? They put up 24 points. Philadelphia, Kansas City, Washington, Dallas, Baltimore. Is there a chance that Miami's toughest test would be trying to figure out a team like the Patriots, like we saw in week two, where you had Tua thrown for 250 yards. Most are ran for 121, but there were still a couple plays that just looked really awkward, made the Dolphins uncomfortable. Of course, it's important to keep in mind that against the Denver Broncos, they missed that third and short and fourth and short short with Alec Ingold out there. Um, but in terms of just like start to finish winning, but still looking uncomfortable and, and maybe not everything going perfectly to plan. Right now, the Patriots seem like that team. So I'm just curious to get your guys' thoughts about that. Certainly so far. I, I, I think you can't overlook this Sunday's game. I think it's a really important game. The Buffalo Bills are tough. Uh, Josh Allen is a really good quarterback. You know, he struggles at times, uh, especially against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, but, but he's a good quarterback. And Stephon Diggs is a great wide receiver. James Cook is having himself a really nice season at running back. Mm-hmm for the Buffalo Bills. And then that defense has always been a really tough defense. This year, they're playing the pass really well, but they are struggling against the ground game. They are struggling against the rush. So this could be another Moster NHN type of week. Um, But don't look now. I don't know if you've seen the Buffalo Bills uh, injury report so far this week. Both Micah Hyde and Jordan, Jordan Poyer haven't practiced at all so far this week, and they both missed practice today, Wednesday, September 27th. So uh, they could be missing a couple guys in that secondary as well, uh, which, you know, you don't want when you're playing against Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and Tua Tungavailoa. Yeah, I had no idea that those guys were out. So, I mean, the Dolphins had to be looking at their chops. But you're, you're right. I mean, we're sitting here. We're heading into this 3-0. A lot of the fan base is, you know, overly confident. But this is still the Buffalo Bills, right? To be the man, you got to beat the man. And we got to show that we can beat the Buffalo Bills um, every time we played them in the Mike McDaniel era. It's been a pretty close game. I mean, I know a lot of people like to sit there and show the Josh Allen stats from Bills Mafia about how he's dominated Dolphins. A lot of that came when Brian Flores was here. You know, a lot of that came when he had – X, Y, and Rolling Z at all coordinators. So um, this Dolphins team is much different now, but this is the heavyweight battle. I mean, you go up there in Buffalo, you beat them, you start the season 4-0. I mean, then they're starting to get scared, right? Then they're starting to feel that pressure on the back of their, their head. But hey, if we go up there and we lose 3 to, and we start 3-1, and one, I mean, you still got to feel pretty damn good about it. So I'm not yeah. sitting here trying to get everyone, you know, excited about a, a loss because I don't – I mean – I'm 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 super confident right now. This is the most confident I've been about the Dolphins in many years, but I'm not sitting here getting ready to talk crap. I just think that this Dolphins team is much better than the team that the Bills almost lost to in the playoffs, and you got to remember that. I mean, they almost lost to Skylar Thompson. Dolphins made, gave up a lot of, you know, big plays in that game. They let the Bills get back into that and win that playoff game. This is Tua Tungvaloa's team now, and this is a whole different story. It's not going to be snowballs thrown at Trent Shurfield. It's not going to be cold up there. He's going to be in his element. So I want to see the Dolphins go up there and just lay the wood on him, man. What if they go up there? I'm not even going to talk about it, but I <laughs> this is, uh, you know, the end of the, the end isn't it, the season isn't over if they lose to Buffalo. But, you know, Dolphins Twitter, man, as soon as if anything were to happen, they'd be sitting here doom and gloom. I'm just ecstatic that we're in this situation three and oh, getting ready to play the Bills, getting ready to take over that AFC East like we've all uh, dreamed of. You know, last Let's- week was a revenge game in the fact that a lot of people on the Miami Dolphins coaching staff and roster played in Denver or coached in Denver. This week is a revenge game, not for those same reasons, but because of what happened in the playoffs last year and what happened late in the season in Buffalo last year, when those fans were throwing those snowballs and those ice balls at at the team, Mike McDaniel 
does a great job of not coming out and saying that he has a little extra motivation going into certain games, but you can just tell if you read between the lines a little bit. And when you just look at his eyes, you can tell when he puts a little extra time and attention into the game planning details for specific opponents. And he doesn't like the Buffalo Bills. He doesn't like what happened to his team last year. And he doesn't like the fact that they lost that playoff game. And you know he feels that they would have won that playoff game if Tua Tungabailoa was playing. And I think we all feel the same. So I think Mike McDaniel is going to have something special for Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills this Sunday. And and I'm pretty confident that the the Dolphins are going to be able to pull this one out. You know, it'll still be a close one. The Bills are a good team. But I just think... I just think this team is so just uberly focused on righting the wrongs of all the crap that happened last season with the concussions for Tua and the injuries here and there and that type of stuff. You know, the Byron Jones situation, they're, they they want to right those wrongs so badly and they're so focused on doing that that they're they're going to come, in, come into this game feeling like they have something to prove even after dropping 70 points on a professional football team last week. I don't I don't think they're going to overlook the details, and I really do think they're going to have something special for these bills. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got to talk about the offensive line before we wrap up here. Tua Tungavilola has been sacked once throughout three weeks. And guys, it's so fun to do this podcast year-round because I think some of the most valuable information is in just, if you go to MiamiDolphins.com, go to communications and just read the transcripts of all the interviews. I mean, you learn so much about the team, the personalities. There was one clip we spoke about, I think right before the season, where I was maybe a little queasy talking about there was an Austin Jackson quote where he was talking about how Butch Berry has this offensive line. Rule number one is aggressive. No matter what, you want to be aggressive. You want to be attacking the guy in front of you. Number two is technique. For me, reading that sounded absolutely bananas. And I think we actually spoke about that being kind of bananas here. But after a couple of weeks, after seeing how Connor Williams can run down the field and maul defenders, after seeing Austin Jackson somersault into the end zone on an, in an open field, seeing Teron Armstead out there on the second level, I take that back. I was wrong. I'm a big, dumb idiot. Yes, don't be aggressive. We'll worry about technique later. (laughs) Whatever Butch Berry is doing to coach these guys up, it is absolutely working. Um, You know, Teron Armstead was back this past week, and he looked great. But before he came back, Kendall Lamb, who is a journeyman, I think nine years in the NFL, you know, he looked like – an all pro left tackle as well. You know, maybe that's over-exaggerating a bit, but he looked really good at left tackle. And then Teron Armstead comes back. Obviously he looks great. Uh, you know, like you said, Austin Jackson still struggling a little bit at times in pass pro, but his run blocking is off the charts and, and the team is, is better because of that. You know, we always said, Oh, this, this doesn't need to be one of the top offensive lines in the NFL. If they can just be average, I think we'll have a good football team. And I don't think we ever actually considered that this offensive line could be the best offensive line in the NFL, or at least, you know, top two or three and, and what the team would look like as a result, if that happened. Well, 
We're seeing what this team looks like as a result with a top offensive line. And they look like, I'm just going to say it, they look like the best team in the National Football League right now. Miami Dolphins number one. Take the ball from goal to goal, right? I mean, I have egg all over my face. We talked about the running backs. I was sitting here trying to talk about, make a pitch for Jonathan Taylor and why we might need to worry about these injuries. Now I'm having egg on my face about this offensive line, and I'm 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 more than happy about it, right? I don't care. You guys, you guys can all take expose me all you want for saying I was concerned about Austin Jackson, this, that, and the other thing. I mean, he's playing awesome. I guess my biggest thing is now you got to pay Isaiah Win after this year. You got to pay yeah. Austin Jackson. You got to pay Connor Williams. I mean, that offensive line's playing awesome. They're gonna have to figure out a way to keep them together. But um, you were talking about that, and we were talking about systems and the entire podcast. Is this Butch Berry's offensive line system, system that anybody? Yeah, can plug yeah, and maybe. Play? Maybe we don't pay the players. Maybe we just pay Butch Berry. Now, now I did not see the um, injury report, but how do you guys feel? I mean, we're sitting here praising the offensive line. Teron Armstead looked like a juggernaut. Isaiah Wynn hasn't given up a pressure all season. Connor Williams, he has some snap issues here and there. Did Robert not practice Hunt. today. I, okay, so that's what I was no getting No Connor Robert Williams Hunt. today. I forgot Robert Hunt also needs to get paid. So this offensive line has looked great. They all pretty much need to be paid. But how do you guys feel? Connor Williams is out. Liam Eikenberg starting. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll I don't want to what. see his ass at guard. I definitely don't want to see him at center. I'll tell you what, if you need to know, if you're trying to figure out, is it Butch Berry or is it the players? Well, if Liam Eikenberg is starting at center this week, I think we'll figure that out pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. If Eikenberg looks great at center, then yes, give Butch Berry whatever he wants. Keys the city. Did he look bad last week? I mean, I don't think I it, saw that noticeable. Okay, his, his snaps were off. You, you answered your own question. If you have to ask if someone looked bad, if you don't know right away someone was bad, I those think they snaps did. weren't off. He didn't have any of those Connor Williams snaps, did he? <laughs> they, they had a couple. He had a couple that were okay. a little high. But, you All know, right. I remember watching go, eh, well, he looks like Connor Williams. So <laughs> as long as the, the blocking is up to snuff, then we'll we'll deal with a couple, you know, miss snaps per game. Hopefully they can clean that up, though. Josh, and I'm not trying to hate here, but I the the – Best compliment I think you ever gave Liam Eichenberg is when you said Connor Williams came back in the game on Sunday. I mean, that, that right there tells you that. <laughs> he couldn't yeah. have been too bad. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure in our last pod. I was like, did he even come back? Like, I, I really didn't know, notice the difference, which I guess that's a good thing for Liam Eichenberg. I mean, maybe he wasn't, you know, a tackle transition to guard. Maybe he was a center all along, and this was the Dolphins' ultimate plan, not pay Connor Williams. He walks, and – they have Liam Eikenberg right behind him that can play center. But in all seriousness, man, this offensive line has just been awesome to see everything else come with it. You know, two of a low standing back there with all that time. I keep looking at the Tyreek Hill touchdown. And, like, I don't remember him, a quarterback having that much time, right? That the, the way the offensive line gave him that pocket and the way he stood back there for what seemed like forever and just waited for his uh, Tyreek Hill to come open. Um, yeah, I love, I love everything that's going on with the Dolphins. I'm just trying – to remember that it's, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan and we've been hurt before. I'm, I'm trying to remember that, but it's so hard not to get uh, put the carriage before the horse. I said it right again, Jake, and just yeah. not think that this team's Super Bowl bound for, for F's sake. Do you, so one of the things I thought was interesting and with Mike McDaniel, the way he talks, it's a lot of nothing. His head's in the clouds. Take that for whatever you want it to mean. But um, same. <laughs> there are some really interesting nuggets in there. And, you know, there's a lot of generic, coach talk in terms of like uh this guy's gonna be great we expect a lot from him yada 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 uh but when butch berry was brought in there was a little bit of a conversation about frank smith miami dolphins offensive coordinator i'm not gonna call him frank clark baby steps but there was the idea that bringing in butch berry meant that frank smith had to spend less time with the offensive line 
Frank, uh, Frank Smith actually has a history as being an offensive line coach. And I guess the idea was now he has more time to focus on the offense in general. Uh, three games for the season. Can you guys try to decipher that for me? Do you see anything different? Like it is that just you have a, you know, offensive line coach who can go in and do their job where you have an offensive coordinator who doesn't have to micromanage. And as a result, everyone's doing a little better. Does that even make sense? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you let, when you hire a coach to be your offensive line coach, you expect him to be, be able to handle those duties. And unfortunately that that wasn't happening last year. So you get a, a veteran coach like Butch Berry who comes in and let's just be honest, he has a reputation as a hard ass. And sometimes that's exactly what athletes need. They just need somebody to get in their face and tell them, Hey, what you're doing, don't do that. You're doing it wrong. This way is the way I would like you to do it. This is right. Do it that way. And if you do it that way, you'll find success. And apparently that's what's been going on with Butch Berry. And as a result, like you said, Frank Smith is able to focus his time and attention on other things. What those things are, hell if I know. I don't know what Frank Smith does. I was pretty sure Mike McDaniel was the, the mastermind behind this offense. But but whatever Frank Smith is doing, apparently he's doing it very well uh, in addition to, to Butch Berry, you know, kicking this, O-line's ass into gears.